Because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary. Filibuster. Say that again. <laughs> Filibuster. So, Go on. I, guess, I, I don't know why. I just remember that about school for some reason that dudes bo, bo, used to, <laughs> you do filibusters in Senate or Congress or whatever. And yeah, so I just, I like them. But but the context you used it in when you, you said when I go on one of my filibusters, I lo- I like I want to use it all the time, but I don't know if you used it accurately. Did you use it accurately? Oh, I, oh, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it might be specific, but it's just, you know, someone talking for an extended period of time. So that's what I was using it. What is can like you, a can you use solilo- it now solilo- too? soliloquy? Sure. Yeah. So that's just what I was going for. I mean, You're a filibuster. Felt- and you know what, Robert? It, it felt right at the time, and it continues to feel right. So I'm gonna, <laughs> so I, I will continue, continue to <laughs> filibuster. I, I'm I, that's in my vocabulary, and I like it a lot. So. You are a filibuster. That does, <laughs> that, that that says soliloquies. <laughs> so, so that, that does soliloquies. Yes, that does. Okay, okay that does. That does soliloquies. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I guess Already. If it feels right, it feels right. And then, hey, this is already. I, this has to be what episode four. This has to be our best start. So let's it, keep it rolling. Is this episode four? I don't know. <laughs> you said it pretty. I mean, I think. I think so. Is when I was right? labeling this episode, I put. <clears throat> I didn't know if it was four or five, so I put September fifteenth. I like the that. day. The day we're yeah. recording. It, so it all it all works. So PPA Peachtree Classic started today. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to be able to. Well, single start today. So. Not much of a point in doing a big preview for that. We'll we'll definitely break it down. It's one of the it's one of the fun tournaments where we see the PPA contracted players kind of match up with some of the APP top dogs who uh, who stated Robert. Yes, Adam, go live. Breaking news. Breaking news. Live update. We have the number seventeen seed Taryn Alvaro. Okay. Or Alvaro Taran. Yeah, Alvaro Taran. Mm-hmm. Uh, has defeated Tyson McGuffin, the number one the, singles player in the world. The number one singles player in the world in the round of sixteen. Ooh, yes. So, is, uh, are they doing Championship Sunday format for this one? Oh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So okay. uh, I'll I'll double check on that, but I'm pretty sure. So Tyson wins the first game eleven zero, and then loses eleven seven eleven six in games two and three. Wow. Uh, just scrolling through everything else. Looks I've, pretty- I've- Pretty heard that name. I've heard that name. Do you do you know him? I, I have seen him play one match on a live stream, and he looks like he's an older gentleman who oh. is in very good shape, uh, like strong. Like he looks big. He yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. Mus- muscular. So uh, everything else is pretty chalky, uh, which those who don't know, it looks pretty standard uh, besides for that one upset. So, yeah, I, I don't think we get – and I think we touched on it last week mm-hmm. as well, some of the preview. So, yeah, let's not let's not mess with that. If I get any more live updates, I'll let you know. Yeah, we'll just go into we'll – just one one note on it. Massive draw, men's singles, 53 players. We talked about it before we got on the air here. Um, got to get away from that in one – it's, 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 it's one day. It's a one-day tournament. How can you have a 64-person draw? It's, that's, that's wild to me. And the, only, the other thing of note is you know, they did, PPA did the graphic. They added uh, Stacks Root on there, which I thought was funny because it was like probably a, a soft sales pitch. We will feature you, Fed, if you come to the PPA. Oh, so tell me where 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 was his picture? 
It was so when PPA released the draws, they ah. released the men's singles draws, and they put obviously their contracted players, which they only have three in the draw, which is Ben, um, Tyson, and Jocelyn. And uh-huh. the fourth picture they added on there was Fed. Ah, so, which usually you don't know. see. Usually you don't see PPA, you know, promoting anybody that's not PPA signed. So I don't know if that means, you know, they 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 well, probably means they want him. But I wonder if there's been any talks or confirmations that fed might be making that leap sure so maybe maybe they don't market any of uh of their non-players early in the year and then at the end of the year they they start courting a little bit yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) so so that's yeah it does make sense it does so uh okay so let's let's recap a little bit last weekend rob uh before we get into this this list of the top 25 uh men's uh, pro doubles. Uh, yeah, I guess we should. List. I guess we yeah. should mention that we're doing that. <laughs> I don't think we. I don't think we mentioned it last episode. So, Mr. Stone here has compiled a list of what he deems the top twenty-five men's doubles. Yes, men's doubles. Right. So, so it's we're, not. It's, it's purely men's. Yeah, it's per. It, okay. It's this is purely men's, and it's not has nothing to do with singles or no, nothing to do with the men's rankings for mix. This is just men's doubles only. So uh, we will be doing that shortly after we recap uh, 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 quickly. So we had the last weekend we had the the, the two tours uh, going head to head over the weekend. We had the PPA Ohio, and we had uh, men's singles. We had Tyson with the gold, uh, and we had Hunter. And Yates Johnson both meddling and Hunter Johnson making it to Championship Sunday. So uh, pretty interesting there to to, to see that. Uh, I believe Ben lost to Tyler Lung in the main yep. draw and then lost to uh, Jay Devilliers. I thought that was kind of interesting. You would think some of the the young fresh meat would would, would take Ben down, but it was some of the old guard that ended up uh, taking Ben out of the medals. Uh, Tyler Lung and Jay Devillier. Uh What do you think about that that men's singles action? Uh, yeah, the the Lung results that surprised me. Um, even watching kind of the match point, it, it, Lung's serve in singles just blows me away because he doesn't. <laughs> he's, he still doesn't do anything with it, and he still he still manages to get good results, which is flabbergasting to me. Right? Yeah. Like it's it's incredible that he's able to hit a cupcake serve and and be athletic and fast enough to to just defend and manage manage from there but i wonder like what would happen if he started just cranking serves i think yeah, I, I, I don't understand I, it i i don't understand it either and i always used to think it was the funniest thing that that him and spencer smith you know one of the better shake and bake teams yeah. out there they would both just powder puff that serve in even in doubles and i mean they have I, good drives yeah yeah Crazy. and that's what that's what i'm saying they both uh, tyler's definitely the better poacher but they both have very good drives and every time i've played them they have like five or seven minutes where they just go off with their mm-hmm. shake and bake and i'm like why not go for your serves and, and have easy thirds and have easy third drives instead of off your back foot too. So I, I totally agree with you, Rob. And I think that overall, I mean, he probably has slightly above passing shots, but his, his passing shots are just okay. Loon yep. his serve and his return aren't that good. And he still manages to have solid, consistent results 
uh, it, I think it that's is a, a testament it, to his court speed, right? His court speed and, and his athleticism and some, you yeah. know, some of his shot making ability on the run. So uh, totally agree with you there. Um, let's see men's doubles. We had the John Zai uh, coming in with the gold. And then we had Jay and Tyson uh, on the medal stand with the silver and then Callen and Tyler Loom uh, uh, getting in there with the bronze. And you, you can definitely see, the thinness with with the two tournaments uh on on not not just the ppa the app side as well so uh i think you see it obviously more in the doubles uh results than in the singles so uh yeah so nothing really crazy to report there Uh, i think probably the most interesting bracket uh would be the women's doubles so we have anna bright and jesse uh, with the gold, we have Catherine Parento, Leia Jansen with silver, and then the Kawamotos with bronze. So, uh, really, inter- yeah, really interesting stuff there. Obviously, I think that it's clear at this point that uh, Catherine dropped Jesse for Leia. So, I thought that was an interesting result to see uh, Anna Bright and Jesse capturing gold there. Yeah, and I think uh, it's cool to see Anna Bright getting results on the PPA side as well. Mm-hmm. And I even mentioned, I think, I, I believe that Jesse's way underrated in the women's game, uh, not just the women's game, but mix mix as well. I, I would put her, you know, and this is no, no offense to Anna Lee, but I would put Jesse as probably the top mixed female player mm-hmm. out there, just purely based on, I think she plays the role of the female just about damn near perfect and mixed. Um, in terms of cross court dinks, having big counters, having reach to poke in sometimes, and defend well from the midcourt. Um, I think when I when I see her like start not playing well, it's usually because she's trying to create a little too much. But mm-hmm. if she just plays the role and she's confident in her mix partner, like results are impressive. No, she's a smart player for sure. And I guess uh, the but- question is, do you think Anna Lee? would get the same results that because Jesse and Jay have been very, very consistent mm-hmm. um, in terms of maybe not always getting gold or silver, but th- they've been very consistent in terms of meddling. And I just wonder, would, would Jocelyn and Anna Lee get the same results that Jocelyn and Jesse have had? Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's a reasonable uh, a statement. Definitely. Uh, I, I mean, they they almost never lay an egg, Jesse and Jay. I mean, I'm Very not saying I'm not saying that Anna Lee lays a lot of eggs or anything like that, but they're yeah. they're almost they almost never take a bad loss. And if if they if they're not on the medal stand, which is rare, they're right there at fourth, fifth, or sixth almost always. There there's never. Never, never, very high floor in, in, in their results and their play on the, on the mixed court for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, also we had, let's see. So, we had uh, Leia and Catherine early on beating Kovalova and Smith, uh, Callie and, and Lucy, and then the Kawamotos beating Callie and Lucy 15-2 in the backdrop. So, I thought that that was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, another crazy first round. We had the Kawamotos versus Bright and Irvin, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they ended up losing eight and four, but coming ba- all the way back through. So great result from the Kawamotos to get to get bronze, yep. and uh, great result obviously for Irvine and Bright getting uh, getting gold, at beating the Waters along the way. Actually, let's see who the who the Waters lose to in the backdraw. Let me check on this real fast. 
oh they pulled out for some reason so they uh uh Dijon Mustard and Elise ended up yeah. moving through uh because the waters pulled out and then the Kawamotos beat them two and five in the, in the bronze medal match so. yeah I think the point and I don't know if this is why the waters pulled out but I think uh the PPA draw specifically kind of lend itself towards pulling out because the way the payouts are structured mm. is you just get like a pretty insignificant bronze medal bonus if you win bronze so you're fighting for a lot, even if you get to that third, fourth match and you get fourth, I, the, I don't think you get much of anything because you mainly get paid through your, through your main draw, your winner's draw wins. Right. And once right. you drop into the back, you only get paid for, I believe, uh, a bronze medal bonus. So um, I don't know if that's changed or if you get some small amount for wins in the back draw. But it's just you're not point is you're not fighting for a lot in the back draw. So it lends itself to players pulling out, especially if they have, you know, a couple a couple matches in cha- on championship Sunday. So it makes sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't blame the players. Right. It's like if you yes. want to if you want if you don't want people to pull out, then make it worth fighting for in the back. Yeah. Make it more than whatever, $25 or something like that. No, uh, it's, because it's I, really I, I know it's, I know the last that it's been a while since I, I've checked on it, but the last, the last that I knew of it, it is significantly more for main draw wins and to back draw wins. And if all you're getting is a fourth, fifth and sixth don't matter, you're just getting a bronze bonus. You know, that, that, that does make it, make it kind of tough. It's like, it's like fantasy football. You got to put like a penalty or some form of, something to keep everyone interested of the teams that are out of it uh, uh, in the main draw. It's, it's the same way. So if you don't have some incentive uh, people just stop paying attention or they pull out in the back draw in in terms of a pickleball. So in terms uh, of, in terms of the waters, Adam, yes. um, What are your thoughts on mother daughter duo staying together for the foreseeable future? Uh, I, I think that it'll be, I mean, I think that it'll be pretty soon. I, I have no idea. I don't know if Lee is one of those those people that would gladly give Anna Lee away if she feels like she's dipping or or they're not getting the results, or if she might hold on maybe longer than expected just because that's her daughter or or whatever the case may be. So I, I don't really have any inside info on that. But the bottom line what, is, what do you think the best move is? The bottom line is, is I would say, if not next year, definitely the year after. But I, I would, I mean, she's whatever she is, 15 and continue has so much age related upside, uh, you know, still left in her, even though she's already awesome. And Lee is 43 or 44. There, There's just basically no, even if she goes in the lab, works on shots, drills a ton if she gets better, it's going to be, it's going to be this much at that age. Uh, if she's not already declining, which is very possible as well. So I would think it's gotta be soon that, that Anna Lee, that that she's going to give up Anna Lee. So. And who, who would you, who would you like to see Anna Lee go with as a new partner? Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a tough call. Um, do, do you just load up the, the firepower with Callie or Lucy, uh, or do you go, you know, let her just totally be the alpha on the left and, and kind of throw in more of a, maybe a Catherine, uh, or, or, uh, or a Jesse or somebody that's more 
more Top solid right solid than firepower, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think all of those, you know, with Annalise skill set are, are fine options, but I, I would be interested to see what, you know, the, her and her team, you know, mom and dad and whoever else is on the team uh, would decide to go all firepower or, or go with the more stable uh, right side presence for Annalise. Yeah, I would, I would think more solid, stable yeah. would probably be more suitable. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Just because she has so much, yeah, she just has so much she can do. Uh, she can create so, so much like, power and so 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 many ways to create. Uh, you know, it, it's just yeah, be, be just give her as many opportunities as possible with the most consistent player possible. Uh, yeah. e- even even if that player lacks a little firepower. Agreed. Okay, so let's see here. Uh, pretty pretty chalky and singles. We have Anna Lee with gold, Leia Jansen with silver, and Salome Davidze, who's been playing very well and decided to, you know, dip her toes in the PPA waters uh, and came away with a medal. Uh, not sure of the scores of those, but like I said, pretty chalky. And then in mixed doubles, we have Annalie and Ben, gold, Jay and Jesse, uh, silver right there. And then uh, Thomas Wilson and Yana Grechkina sneaking in for the bronze, which is a, a surprising result for sure. Uh, so, yeah, so that's 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 the PPA Ohio. How do you think uh, that came together, the Thomas and Yana? A, that's a great question. Not the partnership, but like the results. Right. No, I, well, yeah, I, 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 Thomas, I don't know. Thomas is a great mover. Great move for um, sure. Oftentimes can overplay in mixed, as all of us can. It's a tough thing in mix is like, you know, finding that fine line of being aggressive and putting pressure on your opponents versus trying to do it a little too much and making some errors that you shouldn't make. And it's uh I I think about like playing us. It's like still such a fine line. It's like how do you it's a tough balance to find. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, he great mover and and really good, really good cleanup put away power too. So uh, I would imagine that that Yana was uh, you know speeding up, uh, maybe not frivolously, but quite a bit. And I bet they were, I bet they were going fast uh, for sure. Because I have yeah. a couple times I, I don't have a lot of experience watching or playing Yana, but she's a, struggled a little bit with some soft stuff the times that I've seen her. Yeah. So I've also seen her get pretty hot with some uh, top spin speed ups uh, from mm-hmm. the kitchen line. So I, I would imagine that's what happened. But uh, of course, I did not watch it. So not, not positive on that. I think it's a it's an interesting strategy moving forward, right? In terms of we've seen it a lot with just kind of just looking at the overall pickleball landscape and re- and some of the results this year. Like we saw Matt and Riley newman beating the johns by doing the same by being aggressive by flicking by mm-hmm. you know looking to clean up after that um and i think people are starting to see that it's not you know patience is important in pickleball mm-hmm. but also picking your spots and and being aggressive and attacking is how you're going to beat some of the quote-unquote favored teams yeah for sure uh, i think if you just yeah you just you know, you, you have that, that phrase, you know, play within yourself. You don't need to do anything special, but, uh, but if you're playing someone that has that talent edge, maybe being slightly more risky is the optimal strategy over, over a, a significant amount of matches. I think, I think kind of Pat and Lee waters had a decent run, 
uh, earlier in the year. And you know, that's what it was, was happening. She was speeding it up and, and Pat was thudding away with that Electrum, you know? So, uh, there's lots of different combinations and situations where, where pulling triggers is, is the best way to go. So you, you always want to have that balance of, of choosing, making the right decisions and going with power when you should and soft stuff when you should as well. But, uh, you know, being too passive is, is definitely a thing. And, uh, uh, you're playing, playing one of those teams that, that, uh, you know, has that edge on you and the soft stuff, pull some triggers, see what happens. hundred percent. Anything else for, uh, for since for Cincy or Atlanta in terms of results? No, I don't think so. Let's move on to the APP Metro. Uh, I got back, I got back on the court for the APP Metro. Unfortunately, I didn't sign up fast enough uh to get in mix but i got in men's with dj young uh very exciting to get back on the court i'm a a little slow on on some of the timing with the with the hands and uh uh, obviously still favoring my leg a little bit because my injury is to my right calf and i woke up after play the next day and my left leg was quite a bit more sore than my right so i I was i was still still favoring it uh obviously if that's the case but um yeah, I think we went three and two, maybe four and two, snuck in the fifth, sixth spot, ended up, uh, ran into, uh, we, we had the format go to one game to 15 because of the rain. Uh, so yeah. it was kind of a, a shit in show the for, in the main, all of it. Yeah. The whole, the whole tournament. So, uh, you know, there was a couple teams, you know, that, that, that could get hot. I mean, I know no one wanted to play Julian Arnold and Rafa Hewitt in that format. Uh, Just, we ended yeah. up running into Brendan Long and Stefan Avern, who played really well against us. They ended up beating us and then beating Dylan and Kyle Yates uh, uh, afterwards. So they got hot, give them a lot of credit, and then ended up getting busted out by Andre Deescu and Zane Navratil uh, in the back draw. So uh, great to get out there. Looking forward to getting some yeah. of my timing a little bit better. Uh, but let's see here. So for men's doubles, it was uh, JW and Deckel, uh, pretty much steamrolling everyone. Zane and Andre uh, getting the silver, and then Stefan and, and Brendan Long sneaking in there with a the bronze. Nice job by them. Great result. Yeah. Yeah, great result. And, and like I said, they're you know they have some firepower. Uh, Stefan did a nice job of. I've always thought he's. Uh, he's had great cleanup, but maybe didn't have the initiation mm. uh, with some of the offense. And he did a be- better job of pulling some triggers off the bounce and, and, you know, putting us in some uncomfortable spots. And Brendan Long is uh, you know, occas- firepower, right? Occasionally, yeah. I think he uh, makes some questionable decisions or his soft game can leave him a little bit. But he's a shot maker and he can earn. He can got a lot of top spin on both his forehand and his backhand. So. Yeah. Uh, they got hot at the right time and they took us down. So congrats to them on the bronze. Let's see. Women's, we had uh, Simone and Paris, first time matchup, uh, taking the gold, beating uh, Georgia Johnson and Andrea Coop. And then Edda Wright sneaking in a bronze with the dark horse, the net lord, uh, Susanna Barr. So nice. uh, I did not see any of that. Uh, I heard Andrea Coop talking about how the points in the gold medal match were very high level. So uh, I would imagine that they were if she was saying that. Uh, but, uh, yep, women's doubles there. And let's see, mixed, we had Simone and JW with the gold. Paris and Deckel with the silver. And Georgia 
and Dylan with the bronze. Uh, any any oh. things that you noticed there and any of those results you want to chat about? All sounds pretty chalky for the most yeah. part, right? Yeah, I think um, so. I think all those results I hear, I mean, it sounds right. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like? What was it like on the ground in Atlanta? So I know, was there rain every day? Was that? Yeah. So I, it, it, it was. You have modified scoring isn't, 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 I don't, I'm not a huge fan of modified scoring, but sure. you have to do what you got to do to, to get it in. And at least you didn't go to a gym floor. Yeah, it was brutal. So they put the, the, uh, the amateurs in a variety of different sites. And the thing was, is there was a couple stretches of thunderstorms that came through, but the issue was it was just spitting, just spitting constantly. And it wouldn't even show up on the radar or in the forecast and they would just come through and spit. So we had like four covered courts, which we were, <laughs> you know, sneaking a lot of matches on. Uh, the women actually didn't play at all on Saturday, ended up playing Sunday morning and then going into the championship Sunday. So the weather was, was a little frustrating, but, uh, I do believe all pro brackets were able to finish. I mean, that's that's good for, uh, yeah, rain rain at a tournament. I mean, that's stressful for the tournament staff. So props to the APP tournament staff getting the getting all the draws in and getting the tournament complete because there's nothing people hate more than paying good money for a tournament and not getting to play. <laughs> yeah, and no, it's true. And there was a lot of they had some vectors out there. They had mm-hmm. blowers. They had a bunch of towels. The uh, the volunteers and the staff did a great job because it was frustratingly, it wasn't just, you know, a band that came through or constant rain. It was just in and out. And they, they were doing a great job to do what they could. Yeah. That's all I got for that. Already. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the singles. Let's go through the two, the two singles. So we had Megan Fudge with the gold. Nice that's, job from her. I think that's her uh, first, right? For singles. I, I think so. I know she's definitely had some medals sprinkled in, but I'm not sure if she's ever gotten gold. Uh, Georgia Johnson with silver, and then oh, Mary Brasha with a bronze. So I mean, that's uh, a that's that's not that's there's no slouches on uh, the that. I mean, Brasha's good. Georgia's sure. obviously good. Um, that's definitely, a, that's a good gold for Megan. Well, yeah, done. absolutely. And I know there was a player or two. Uh, I believe it was Anna and uh, Salome. Uh, in in the PPA, but either way, that's that's a good result. And uh, no singles for Paris. Uh, no singles for Paris. So I'm sure that had something to do with. I think it was like her uh, under butt, like upper hamstring, lower butt cheek. I think is what she is what she pulled. So I think it makes sense that she played yeah. the two doubles events and not and not and not play singles. So uh, yep. then men's we had we had stacks rude back to back. So I'm. Kyle, Kyle uh, told me, I mean, he was 0 for 13 and he's won the last yep. two against JW. So JW, obviously silver and Dylan Frazier with the bronze uh, and the men. So two and 13 after 13 losses, Stax Rude with back-to-back victories. He's looking pretty good on the singles court. Yeah. Ever since I started watching him play early on, I was like, oh, he's, he's kind of built to be a great singles player. I mean, he does a really good job of of passing, dropping, and then also closing. Like he's probably one of the better closers, meaning, um, you know, from the serving position, even if he drives, he, he's always moving forward, which yes. is tough in singles because it, 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 you get tired and closing yeah. is the last thing you want to do. You want to hit a pass and kind of watch what happens, but he, he hits the pass, he closes in, he takes the next ball as a volley and he does a really, really nice job with that. And I, um, I yeah, agree. I think, I, I sent him a message and he did say, 
because uh, I could have sworn that I remember him beating JW early on when I watched him earlier in the year. And he was like, nope, Chicago was, <laughs> Chicago was the first. And yeah, um, yeah. and I, it seems like he's got a beat on him now. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to watch how it continues to unfold with those two, because, I mean, you know, I know people were looking at like the JW Ben as like a hopeful rivalry after that right. U.S. Open. Right. But I think we've got a really, really fun and unique rivalry and great matchup with uh, Fed and J-Dub. Um, even if we don't get to see the the Fed versus Ben or the J-Dub versus Ben stuff very often. Um, I think that's a that's it's a beautiful final to watch because it's really, really high level um, week in and week out. And yeah, Fed keeps pulling off wins and we got a we got a legit rivalry. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I think you're right. He, he, Stackshrewd, he's great at, at, on the lunge. He's great at lunging and he never, he never, whether it's lateral or up or forward, he never waits on the ball. He explodes to it really nicely and, and gets, uh, uh, just takes a little extra time away from his opponent. So, you know, he's, he, he's playing great. Uh, agree completely um, with that. And yeah, I think there's, I think there's a few, few guys, uh, maybe, four or five or six real contenders. Uh, and it's interesting to see the kind of roundabout who plays, who plays who really well, who doesn't do so well against them. I think you, I think, uh, you know, when you have, you know, those, those, those players or that, that, that variety, uh, it's cool to see how so-and-so plays against so-and-so or uh, he, he, maybe JW can beat Ben, but then he loses to Tyson and Ignatowicz or, or whatever the case may be. So yeah. uh, it's a very, very cool thing to see that, that there's several people that can contend where, you know, sure enough, a year, 18 months ago, it didn't, didn't really seem like that was the case. Uh, so that's, that's great. And singles, so, you, oh, you're right. Ahead, singles is singles is really, ma- it's, it's heavily matchup based, based yes. on who you're playing and how your game matches up with certain people. Um, and I think the one thing to keep an eye out on is like, I know for Ben, he keeps a, he keeps a log of all players and what their tendencies are and how he plays them with now so many new players and not being able to see all these new players all the time play and play against them. Cause in the past you would have, you would play the same two or three great singles players over and over and really get a beat on how they play. And you learn how to, how to beat that person and how to play them properly. But when you've got 10 to 12 deep, really, really good singles players that can compete against you, it's much harder to track that. Right. Especially when you don't see them week in and week out. So I think we'll continue to see more surprising results in singles, just purely based on people playing each other for, you know, if not the first time, the first couple of times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see it, see it all the time. Great results or really tight matches with good players, and then the, you play those good players the second or the third or the fourth time. <laughs> it's much different uh, than than that that first time. So uh, yeah, I think having having a little log and just having uh, we talk about being blinded in the moment, being out on court and not always seeing everything. Just having a little a little baseline strategy or just a couple two or three little tips or patterns that you can go to when you lose a couple points or whatever the case may be, or, or maybe things are moving quickly and you're a little overwhelmed in the moment. Uh, just having that, that little extra knowledge can, can really go a long way in a big spot. Totally agree. All right, Robert, you ready to get to this list? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Let me get my official list lined dun, up dun, here. Dun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So for, for the list, this is men's doubles only. Singles and mixed doubles results mean nothing. 
Uh, I was looking at the world pickleball rankings. I hope that didn't make influence me to make this a little too chalky. Uh, but uh, so this is this is the rankings for right now. Uh, certainly a, a little bit of upside uh, played some role in the rankings. And you said and it would t- it would play no role in the rankings. It, it plays just a teeny little bit. OK, so it's okay. just a teeny little bit uh, uh, with some of the upside, whether that's age related or, or talent related. Um, and it's just a, a, a list with kind of balanced out with some some studly left side players, some rock solid right side players. And here we go. So starting off, we obviously I don't think there's any possible way to go away from the big three uh, as as the the top three. So the big three being Ben Johns at one, Riley Newman at two, and Matt Wright at number three. So uh, I know Matt is uh, getting up there in age, and I think we brief, uh, briefly talked about how you know we were expecting a possible fall off or, or maybe thinking a year, 18 months ago, that he would start dipping. But the bottom line is he's a very skilled player. He has a ton of hand speed and some really nice one, two, three combinations on the offensive side. So I think him at number three, uh, you just got to go with it. Ben, obviously, uh, the offensive firepower and not just that is the precision offense. So it's uh, the consistency and the offense that maybe, you know, as we get deeper in the list, maybe separates him from, a, a, you know, a Deckel Bar or an AJ Kohler. Uh, who have the firepower, but just don't have that consistency and the precision of of Ben. So uh, slotting him at number one, uh, obviously you have to go there. Riley Newman, uh, the combination of athleticism and length is uh, just kind of unparalleled, I think, right now. Uh, Length, footwork, athleticism, it's all there. Defense, scramble ability, uh, getting uh, consistency, getting an extra ball back. Uh, Definitely lacks i think he has less firepower than either ben or matt uh, from an initiation standpoint once that once that exchange gets going though that pancake is devastating and uh one one note on that yeah one of the best defenders in the game i would say colin johns Mm -hmm. got eaten alive by riley the last three times i've watched him play and a lot of those attacks have been a lot of those attacks have been off the bounce which i think is a wrinkle that riley's added into his game is he knows he can't just win anymore just being kind of the the defense like he's always been known as a great like one of the great defenders in the game absolutely true uh but i think now like especially with the way matt and riley have been playing sure matt's initiating a lot more and riley's pinching middle and and cleaning up but i've seen like riley put colin in knots like he Mm -hmm. tied him up hard the last couple times even the one they lost at uh, i think it was that Manhattan beach one, like Riley was, I think, I mean, it was, it was a outrageous stat. Like it had to be an outrageous stat. Cause every time he sped up, he won the point. Maybe there were like two that he didn't, but it was, it was probably 80% plus of initiating speed ups and winning the point. And we saw it again at the last, you know, their last match. So I think, I think Riley's gotten much, much better in terms of offense off the bounce and out of the air. And I think that's what's gotten him to where he's up to where he's at. And I think the the gap, you know, we talk about the gap with Ben and other players call it last year, the year before it was a very, very wide gap. Mm-hmm. That gap's not wide anymore. That gap's really, really narrow now, in my opinion, especially uh, with like Riley and Matter closing in, even though, you know, I think Riley's probably 
an ideal partner for Matt in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, Matt's, Matt's really accepted the right side role and they've kind of figured out some patterns that work really well, like Matt initiating off the bounce and Riley cleaning up in the middle mm-hmm. um, works really well. But in terms of also just looking at mental edge, Riley's not scared of anybody. Riley's not scared of Ben. Riley's chirping. Riley thinks he's better than Ben, honestly. So I, you know, I give the mental edge to Riley too. So it'll be, you know, that gap's pretty small now, in my opinion. So I don't, Ben, I would say Ben, yes, is probably the clear cut number one, but you know, last year versus this year, and we're not even talking new players that that have entered the game. It's players that have been around that gap's still closing. So it'll be really cool to see what happens as we get new players coming in that, focus really on doubles because we're seeing mostly guys come in and get really good at singles initially. Right. I'm ready to see guys come in, really focus on doubles, get really good at doubles and kind of push the boundaries of these top three. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And I think that was probably a slight oversight uh, by me uh, just on the notes notes here on Riley is that I think that in his par- partnership with Tyson, a lot of it was, picking on Tyson and then Tyson hitting that good cross court forehand uh, at the other right side player. And then Riley just standing in the middle. And I think that he does that well with Matt too, speeding up, but I think more frequently lately he's been starting and cleaning up. So it's instead of just his partner being targeted and his partner speeding up and then Riley getting coming over to the middle and, and getting involved in the exchange, he is starting that fire uh, more frequently and more frequently off of the bounce than out of the air. So yeah. uh, you're exactly right. And I think that Ben and Riley are very close and I would put a slight gap uh, there for Matt, even though I think Matt is just as skilled as those guys just lacks a little yeah. bit in the athleticism and the bending uh, bending factor. Uh, it was really the only difference from a skill standpoint. He's he's right there with them, in my opinion. I would say defense is probably lack, la- yeah, lagging a little yeah. bit. The midcourt yeah. stuff. The, yeah, he's yeah. forty four. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it's what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's not like it's not saying anything else. Uh, that okay. So big three there. Yep. For number four, I've got I've got a list of three guys who are much more comfortable on the left side than the right side. And I have them uh, labeled as left side studs. And the first one I'm going to go with at number four is JW Johnson. So uh, I think it's been an amazing year for JW. Uh, He's been growing in terms of confidence and skill. Uh, He's, he is just super, super consistent. I think for his age, he makes really good decisions out there. And for to be honest with you, he might even be too passive at times, uh, I, I, I think. So uh, more than being too aggressive or maybe, you know, further down the list, we have a DJ Young who gets overly aggressive at times. I think JW uh, occasionally will get too passive at times. On, so, one, note on, one note on that. I think yeah. he's – I think he probably – plays passive with matches that he's favored in i think Mm if i think we need to see more aggression in respect to like let's say he's playing uh one of the top three right right um i think that's when that's when he's gonna have to be more aggressive and pull the trigger more versus just being solid i think he's he's being passive now because he's still winning on the ap right right? He, he he can do it and he gets away with it but if if he wants to be kind of a dominant player the dominant player 
take over the spots on the top three, you're going to have to have that, that firepower and be able to go to it more. So I totally agree, but I think he's, he's being passive now because he's allowed to be. Uh, what was that phase for? Great comments. Well, I just, we were just talking about JW Johnson and Federico Staxrude and JW just beat Staxrude one and four. Ooh. One and four to move on to the semifinals. That's the first semifinals uh, set by the PPA. But no, I, I agree. I agree with you totally, uh, uh, Rob. And w- hopefully we get to see that this weekend uh, with him and Dylan yeah. Frazier matching up against the bit, uh, you know, some of the big boys in the PPA. So uh, I think you're exactly right with him being that age, him having that power uh, with that short stroke, even though a couple of his spots he doesn't have a lot of variety with it's just such a quality ball and he's so good yeah. on the second and the third and there's just really nothing to pick on anywhere in his game i have jw johnson at number four yep so uh moving on with our left side studs uh even though he's been playing a little right i have deckle bar at number five mm-hmm. uh he uh i think he definitely has a little more firepower and creates more than JW uh, with those hotter stretches, but I do think he's less consistent. Uh, and and w- w- whether that's offensive or defensive, I do think he's a little bit less consistent with his soft stuff and so even some of his attacking stuff. And that's why I I gave JW Johnson that slight edge. Uh, Deckel has shown and early in our partnership and now with JW that he does have some flexibility and he's not just a left side player. So yeah. I do think that that flexibility uh, – you know, counts for something. Uh, but I do have Deckel Bar at number five. Yep. Can't argue that. And finishing up our last of those left side studs, I'm going to give some love here to the hockey man, AJ Kohler. And I'm oh. going to put, yeah. So maybe, maybe a slight uh, uh, higher than where he, he'd be put by, by some of the industry will say, or other people that would be ranking players. So I got AJ Kohler at number six. I think he is a left side stud. I think he has great crab walks and lateral movement and can keep the pressure on up at the kitchen line. And I think he has some of the fastest hands in the game. So maybe, maybe I would say his, his hands are faster than they are powerful. Not that they're not powerful, but I think in terms of hand speed, covering his body, uh, covering his chest, his neck, his shoulders. I think he's one of the best. And so I have AJ Kohler at number six. I would say I would consider that a little high, but not, uh-huh. not out, not outrageously high. Um, right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, there's going to be a couple, couple little, uh, uh, adjustments from the chalkiness of the rankings. And I, I'm giving AJ Kohler a little love there. Number I mean, seven. Go ahead. Looking at the, I was just going to say, just cause I've got the duper duper top 25 pulled up. Mm-hmm. Um, and just looking at the list, I mean, there's not, there's not, yeah, there's not too many other guys that I'm like, oh, he should definitely go above Kohler. So yeah, I'm, I'm on you. Right. I'm on you. I'm with you. With you. I'm not, I am not on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yes, that would be Yet. quite a, quite a reach. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so, uh, okay. That was number six. And then number seven, I have. Dylan Frazier. I think okay. he's been playing great lately. I think he can play both left side and right side. And I think he's been locking down the right side when he has been matched up with a partner that allows him to do that. 
really well the last handful of tournaments. Uh, I think he also, like AJ Kohler, has some of the fastest hands in the game. Yeah. Uh, not, I wouldn't put him super high on the list in terms of powerful hands, but precision and hand speed and quickness covering his body. I think he is absolutely elite in that. In that and he has uh, started to be a little more aggressive and working on some shot combinations. So uh, with the age-related upside, uh, the way he's been playing lately, I have Dylan Frazier at number seven. So does Duper. Does it really? Yeah. There you go. I did. Yeah, I did not. Duper has Duper has Kohler at eleven. Kohler at eleven. Dylan Frazier at seven. Okay. Yeah, and just a, just a note on the Duper the Duper ratings though in that ranking, it's it's combining results of men's and mixed and mixed, right? So yeah. Which so is, if you're a strong mixed player, um, let's like like a Zay Navratil, right? Um, then it it brings you up quite a bit. Brings you up quite a bit. Okay, so number eight, we have The Rock. Uh, don't know how you can go away from saying he's the best right side player in the world. Colin Johns. So a lot of these kind of top 10 rankings are balancing the left side guys and the right side guys and exactly where to place the perfect amount of value for those players. So it's not it's not an easy decision. Uh, Colin, he, he's great in his algorithm. He's got a lot of structure. Uh uh, great in those patterns that he likes. Uh, he's doing a better job early on. I, I do think he was a little attackable. Uh, we talked about yeah. Riley getting the best of him the last couple of times they played, but I do yeah. think that his uh, defending and counterattacking has gotten better. He's has a little mini, mini scorpion that he's been doing more of. He's, he's perfected the craft of stepping to his right and loading with his backhand side with Ben plugging the middle. So, uh, best best right side player out there. I'm putting Colin Johns at number eight. Okay. Reasonable. Reasonable. Yep. Yeah. So uh, moving on, I got some love here who has uh, for another uh, maybe didn't fit quite in that left side stud category, but maybe he should have with how he's been playing lately. And that is number nine, Andre Deescu. Mm-hmm. So left side stud uses his length very well on offense and defense. Uh, he's been playing more. His fitness seems to have taken a step forward and gotten to where it needs to be to be able to play fully all out uh, in, in both both uh, mixed and men's doubles. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know this, but Andre did quite a bit of cramping earlier in his career when he would make a deep run. So I think the fitness factor has has done a, a good uh, deal of uh, of good for him. Has I would also really, say that this. Go ahead. Sorry, I was I was no. going to say I would also say this is really the first year that he's taken probably pro pickleball seriously. I mean, he's playing twenty plus tournaments this year, so he's really been able to be showcased more, and you can see him make these deep runs in pretty much all the APPs. He's meddling in most, um, if not all. So yeah, I let. Totally agree. And it's been great to see him play so much on tour this year. And yeah, I think he's taken it seriously. He's, you know, maybe before when he was cramping a lot, you know, I know he was coaching a lot. So he was mm-hmm. playing mostly Florida tournaments, probably wasn't preparing well. And probably was like, okay, I'm pretty talented. I'm just going to show up and play and see how it goes. And yeah, it's turning into a real sport. So you're going to have to treat it like that. So. Well, Robert, anytime, if it, if it feels right, anytime you want to interrupt me, you just go ahead. Okay. okay. Cause I am, I'm, I'm filler bustering here on this. List, I know you're, so you're, you're going to have to cut me off eventually. So you're full soliloquy. 
<laughs> uh, yes. Uh, and and I, I would say also for Andre, um, being the big old uh, ogre that he is at 6'4", 6'5", uh, the big one of the the half of the Romanian towers, I think that his footwork and his touch and feel for his size is very elite. So, Oh, no doubt. His, his midcourt stuff. Like I'm just, I'll be, I'll be watching. I'm like, he's picking up balls from behind his feet, like soft in the kitchen. Like he's got, he's got really, really, like you said, elite, elite touch, especially for his size. Cause that's what you usually lose with size is, you know, you guys, these guys have power, but they don't have to touch. And he's got, he's got really, really nice hands. Yeah. And I think it's a unique skill set too, because I actually think that he, I wouldn't say lacks power, but isn't overly powerful for, for being yeah. a big guy and all that leverage. So uh, for him to to look like he does and have all that length and maybe lack a little bit of power, but be so good on the footwork and the, and the, uh, uh, the scramble and defensive ability. So Andre Dayescu at number nine. So uh, moving on, last player in our top 10, I went with Tyson McGuffin. So TM, Tyson, bro. TM, bro. So Tyson, I think he is a great player on both sides. One of the most consistent players out there, extremely hard worker. Uh, he's gotten better at uh kind of poking and more power on the backhand side so creating a little bit more with the backhand especially when he's on the left and when that when that backhand uh goes up uh when when the ball goes up a little bit higher shoulder level chest level i think he's getting a lot more pop on his backhand than he was about a year ago uh i I do think that tyson has done an awesome job throughout his career of kind of masking what I would consider one of his weaknesses, which is that elite hand speed. So I think Tyson right on the kitchen line, mano e mano, maybe doesn't have that elite hand speed that uh, some of the people ranked ahead of him and below him on the list do. But I think he's done a great job of masking that by backing up and blocking on occasion and even loading uh, forehand occasionally or stepping and clearing his body, whatever side it may be to counter with more power. So uh, I think that that he's just so solid and so consistent and uh, I'm happy to put him at the back end of my top 10. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. I think I think amongst pros, probably a little underrated in my opinion um, in men's doubles is Tyson um, because everybody looks at hand speed, right? But that's, that's one, that's one piece of the equation, but you're right. He's been able to, he's been able to make up for that with the other aspects of his game, which are rock solid, the defense aspect. He doesn't miss very much. You won't see him miss random dinks really Um, takes care of his points, takes care of the ball, doesn't make a ton of unforced errors. And yeah, when he does get attacked, he's gotten much better at countering. He used to block a lot more. Um, Now he's putting a little bit more pressure showing you that, you know, showing his opponent that you can't just attack him at will. He's gonna he's gonna sit on some balls and and encounter hard. And he's done a yeah he's done a great job. And I'm not gonna argue the the ten spot. Definitely. Uh, all right, moving on. Number eleven, I have Thomas Wilson. So uh, this wait, wait, where does Duper have Thomas Wilson? I'd actually like to know that. Pull that not, up real fast. Not top Research. eleven. Not top eleven. <laughs> um, bup, 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 bup. Let's see. 
Well, I'll start talking about Thomas. Thomas, so, uh, is, at, Thomas is at 13. So it's actually 13. not far off. Yeah, not far off. So Thomas Wilson, great mover, uh, easy power. Uh, I yeah. think he does. Real easy power. Yeah, real easy power. I do think he, uh, when he's either putting away or creating, I do think he goes to the same spots a little too frequently, but it's a very quality ball. So uh, yeah. he hits that, that that forehand cross court very frequently, but it's he 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 smacks it and yeah. uh, a lot of lot of pop on that ball. So uh, uh, he he has also started to take the game more seriously in the last year, kind of balancing off balancing his job and his. Uh, you know, family life, uh, not recently married, but uh, somewhat fresh in the marriage department. So he had, you know, life gets in the way sometimes that we talk about. So I think him committing his cousin, AJ Kohler, being involved in the sport heavily, I think have, have gotten him really going in the last year. So yeah. uh, I, I would like to see him hold the line a little bit more and yeah. uh, and create, uh, find a way to create a little bit more offense for himself. I think that his defensive capabilities and his scrambling and movement is always going to be there when he when he backs up so if he could create a little more offense and possibly counter a little closer to the kitchen line I think that that would help him a lot I know that's uh, much easier said than done but I think that uh, those things being there and still in him really having a couple things I think he could work on uh, with those really strong physical tools that he has that is why I had him so high at number 11. Yeah. And, and honestly, upside, upside still there in terms of being able to do more on the backhand side. I know he sits pretty heavy forehand, right? So that's why you can just crank it. <clears throat> like he, yeah, there's, I don't know if there's anybody that hits a forehand harder um, on tour than, than Thomas Wilson. And if he's able to start creating a little bit more on the backhand side and, and, and it's gotten better I remember when we first started, like, you know, he's, he's an Austin guy or just South of Austin guy, but that's Thomas is the guy that I practiced with a lot when I was first coming into the sport. And we would always just joke. He's just like, I, I, I can't do anything on the back end, Like, you know, and then he'd start trying to do stuff. And, but, and, and it's still, it's still probably one of his weaker spots, but once he's able to start creating off the back end side, and I mean, we're talking super, super dangerous player. So yeah. plenty of upside left still, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. So that's may, maybe just comparing, you know, him to Tyson. It's like, uh, you know, Tyson just rock solid across the board, probably has a couple fewer maybe weaknesses or holes than Thomas does. But Tyson pretty much is what he is. And he certainly yeah. might improve and he can tweak something here and there, but he's not going to take yeah. any big jumps. And I think that the chance of Thomas doing that is higher. And maybe uh, that's, that's what I saw and, and possibly uh, squeeze Thomas in a couple spots than maybe someone else uh, would have. So yeah. uh, moving over to page number two here at number 12, I have DJ young. So this is kind of where I had, uh, what I feel like are a little more consistent high-end left-side players, uh, kind of higher on the list. Then I had some very rock-solid uh, guys that can play both, and then uh, some some right-side rocks. And then I have maybe what you would consider that second tier uh, of left-side stud here with DJ Young. Obviously, very talented offensive player, uh, plays the bully role very, very well uh, when he's dinking and controlling the kitchen line. He does have 
some questionable decision making at times, uh, having a lot of options, more options than most players. And he is often uh, with someone who likes to play that bully role. He is a little susceptible to getting attacked and uh, some some hand speed stuff when he is not doing the bullying and the, his opponents are, are playing the aggressor role towards him. Uh, what do you think about DJ Young? Yeah, I would say I, I would probably put this a little put him a little high here. Um, but you're absolutely right in terms of when when he when he's I mean, when he's playing well, throw him in the top five here. You know what I mean? But consistency has been an issue, mm-hmm. um, much less so than in prior years. I think he's done a great job in terms of consistency this year. He's he moved uh, he moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. He's in uh, he's he's a dreamland. He's he's practicing more. Um, he's, he's taken the game seriously. And I think, I think in terms of his mental ability, it's gotten much stronger. There used to be times where you'd see him like get down early in a game and you'd know, okay, I've got this game. Um, so he mentally he's hanging in there a little bit more. Um, but I think, I think consistency is still lacking a little bit. Um, but I don't. I don't think it's an outrageous pick by any by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's 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 definitely up there in the in the mix. And when he's on, he's he's a top five player. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what I was struggling with is the you know the balance of the upside and, and yeah. the lack of yeah, consistency. Yeah. And as we look deeper onto the list, uh, you know, there's a lot of rock solid guys on the rest of the list, and the fact that he might be one of the only players left that really has that full fledged left side arsenal is what, yeah. uh, what, what uh, caused me we'll to, to him bump, him, bump him up a couple spots. So, yeah, so uh, just, complete, just a note, we had, we had yeah, Thomas Wilson at 13 duper DJs at uh, 17, 17. Gotcha. And yeah. then kind of the polar opposite of DJ young next on my list, uh, Callan Dawson. So yeah. I have Callan Dawson, the, he, while he can play both right and left, he's just an absolute rock out there. Um, he has been taking the game uh, more seriously, probably the last 18 months or so. He had a little tennis elbow before that. And he was kind of balancing out his life of trying to be a firefighter, working at Bobby, Bobby Riggs and Encinitas with his family and also playing, you know, two or three years ago. And he's committed himself more to the game. Uh, recently he's, extremely athletic and he is the definition of a rock there is uh nobody as consistent as the soft stuff and uh moves extremely well but definitely lacks an offensive arsenal uh probably his best uh offensive shot is the lob so yeah. uh if the lob is 100%. your number one o- offensive uh shot you know maybe you could uh tweak your arsenal a little bit and he has that little thing where he turns his back to you and then flips a forehand <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. so and then i don't think i've ever it. seen a i've never seen a dink off that shot yet, yeah so. no never never it's yeah, coming so. it's coming and then and then when he when he is playing the left he has a decent little backhand poke out of the air it's yep. it, it's solid where he can catch you in your body and then try to clean up on the next ball so uh, uh i just think that the the raw he, he he does a nice job of poaching as well so um yeah. i think there's a lot of things to like with callen and uh just wanted to to squeeze him in there as you know one of the the last you know full-fledged rocks out there 
Um, and, yeah. and I think I might have him a couple spots higher than some other people, but I just like the consistency of his game and knowing exactly what you're going to get from Callan Dawson. 100%. I think there's a couple of things that you mentioned in there that are super overlooked when it comes to Callan. Um, one being he's taller than he looks. He's got more length. He's got more length than it looks. Um, so he does got good. He has good reach. I think like when you see him play, he doesn't look big because he's always in a full squat. He's always in a full squat. Thunder um, quads. So <laughs> another, another thing that you don't realize with, with Callan that you said was he's super athletic, which you don't really necessarily get to see. Like, it's not like a, a Tyler Loon athletic where he's earning nonstop, but the dude's in a full squat the whole match. Like he he doesn't leave the squat. (laughs) Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, he doesn't look tall. He doesn't look long. He doesn't look that athletic. But to do to play the game the way he plays, especially at the kitchen line, I mean, dude's ass is on the ground mostly because he's in a full squat. Yeah, for sure. So if you look at his kind of controlled lunging and his footwork, the dude has one of the most consistent contact points out there. You know, it's when when you watch him hit third shots mid court or dinks. I mean, he is always shifting his weight. He's always taking little adjustment steps and he's always getting low. And he has one of the best contact points out there uh, in terms of consistency. And that's why the dude almost never misses. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Callan Dawson, number 13. That's, no. I'd, I'd, I'd put that a little high for him. Uh, I yeah, agree right, with everything you right. said. Right, um, right, right. And his, he, I mean, he, you know, just got bronze at the PPA with, uh, with Loong. So, mm-hmm. no, 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 that's not the first one they had this year. So, He's had some good results. Um, maybe just a little high, in my opinion. No, gotcha. Totally. Uh, number 14, moving along with Zane Navratil. Uh, so I think I think Zane has done a, a nice job kind of being, being very consistent with his soft stuff in the last t- 6 or 12 months. When he first started, he would absolutely leave some dinks high and make some errors on the, at the kitchen line. And I think he actually caused him to speed up prematurely because he wasn't as confident in a soft game. So I think he's gotten much better in his decision-making and his ability to just grind it out and not give you much uh, when he's up at the kitchen. I kind of think of Zane in a kind of similarly to Tyson, where I think that right on the kitchen line He's a little susceptible to being attacked, but he's done a really good job of kind of masking that, taking a step or two off of the line and balancing out his his blocking with his kind of clearing his body, loading up and, and, and crushing counterattacks. So yeah. uh, all that being said, I also think that Zane is a pretty smart guy. And I think yeah. he does a good job of going to the lab kind of when he gets done with the tournament going back home and, and kind of picking something to improve on or or tweak or, or something in his game. So I think he does a good job of making adjustments, maybe uh, not necessarily in-game, but going back home and working on shots. And, and I think that means something. No, I agree. And you just kind of – you compared him to Tyson a little bit in terms of backing off the line some and and kind of masking some, masking some holes that might be there. And – Totally agree. Same same vein as Tyson. Tyson's probably one of the um, one of the guys on tour that takes takes the sport as an actual pro sport and treats it as such, and studies film and looks at different analytics. Like Tyson, you know, f- 
for having a mullet in the stash, the dude, <laughs> the dude works hard, man. Not, yeah. and not just physically, like the dude, right, the right. dude studies the game. And I think, yeah, like you said, I think Zane's Zane's in a similar vein of these guys that treat it as an actual career in pro sport and, and work hard and work ethic mm-hmm. is there for both of them. So, uh, and like you said, that does say something that, that goes a long way. And, um, if those guys don't work as hard as they work, they're, you know, they're not this high on this list. So, uh, you know, they know what they got to do and they're doing it. So it's cool. Uh, for sure. For sure. So, uh, let's see here. Number 15, I have Tyler Loom. Tyler Loom at number 15, very good athlete. Ernie's well, scrambles well. Um, very, very consistent dinker, a little plain on his dinks, doesn't do a lot with it, but he, he doesn't, he doesn't miss a lot either. Um, and I think that, uh, he's done a little bit better job of being offensive. I think about 18 months, uh, two years ago, he didn't have hardly anything that he was doing from the kitchen line, uh, besides for being consistent with his dinking and then counterattacking. I think he's done a little bit better job of reaching in with his forehand, uh, and kind of uh, having some attacks inside out with his lefty forehand and also up the middle. So I think he has done a better better job of that. I think he's been playing a little bit better the the, the, the past year or so. Right, right around when COVID started, uh, he had a new baby. I think I saw him at a couple tournaments where he's, he's obviously always in good shape, but I think he might have been a little softer. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and yeah. he had a stretch of some inc- – yeah, so he does like his candy. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've stayed uh, in the hotel room with him, and he, yeah, I think he chat or ate, ate, ate candy for dinner or something like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, so I think that he has done a better job around the last year or so of 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 probably doing some workouts in between, getting some touches in between tournaments, and, and you know, life life getting in the way less frequently. So I think he's been more consistent with his results. Uh, the last six months to a year. So I have uh, Tyler Lung at number 15. I like it. Uh, so just a note on the last two in terms of Duper. So we, yep. Duper has Zane at nine. And I think uh-huh. I think that's probably a little high. Well, not high, but I'm saying I think it's higher than where he is in men's purely because he has good mixed results and right, right. wrecks women with the serve. So And wrecks women. Yeah, for sure. For sure he does. Uh I played him. Yeah, I played him in one game to 15. He only got me once, but yeah, I hadn't I hadn't seen his serve in, in several months. So it's uh, yeah, it's there for sure. And uh, yeah. he, he he uses it well. So yes, loom number 15, number oh. six. Oh, sorry, one oh. second. Yeah, so so Zane was at nine, and Duper has loom at 19. At 19, gotcha. Okay. And I think I think one thing to note on the Duper stuff with um, it's also interesting, right? Because you have the PPA mostly playing the other PPA players, right? And and then you have the APP players playing mostly APP players, right? So it's you don't you don't get a lot of these mashups where you know Loong's playing a uh, Dylan or right. a you know these different guys that are up on the list that are APP. For sure, no, definitely. Um, Onward, number sixteen. Number sixteen, Kyle Yates. Number 16, Kyle Yates. So I think that Kyle Yates, obviously everyone knows Kyle Yates, uh, still probably the most decorated, even though Ben's creeping up on him for sure, but probably the most decorated uh, uh, player of all time. He, a couple years ago, was playing with with Ben Johns, and he was also playing with Simone Jargine, who in that moment, two years ago, was the 
clear-cut number one player. So I do think that when Kyle lost those two partners, that he did go on a little stretch of not great results and not even playing a full slate. And I think it lasted right around a year, maybe even longer. Well, let's talk about how hard that, like, that's tough too, right? Like when you've been been on top of the game for so long and then, you know, you don't have the partners that you had and then you, you, you're not winning everything. Like he was winning everything, everything. And then you, then you start not meddling. And then like, that's gotta be really, really tough mentally, right. To, to go through that. And, I think it's really cool that he's kind of perceived because there, I think there were questions from a lot of people like, is he going to keep playing? Is he just going to be done and go chill and, and surf and maybe teach some pickleball and still do stuff like that. Um, But he's, he's still playing a lot and he's like you said, he's, he's playing great, I think. And he's kind of come into his own again, which is cool to see. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the last, I think he's a rock solid right side player. I think that, uh, he has lots of options. He can go to a lot of different spots with a lot of different shots and a lot of different speed ups. Uh, he still is very athletic and moves extremely well, really solid scrambler. Uh, so there's not there's not a lot of, of weaknesses there. I think he's done a better job counterattacking as well. So uh, uh, whether that's right on the line or a step or two off, done a better job uh, of counterattacking. And I think maybe one of the... Uh, one of the bigger weaknesses for him is I would probably say put away power, uh, yeah. especially on the backhand side. And, you know, that's, that's less important in men's than mixed. So uh, yeah. I think, I think it's uh, pretty safe to, to, to put Kyle uh, in the back end of that top 20 and I'm happy to do it. Yeah. And I think uh, one underrated aspect of Kyle that we also see with uh, Dylan is very versatile, can sure. play the left, can play right. the right. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's not, a, there's not many guys that I look at this list so far of the top 16 that can be as good on both sides as Kyle and Dylan. So I think that's right. an underrated, right. that's an underrated um, aspect and trait in pickleball. Um, especially if you look at like MLP, you need guys that can play. Um, well, I think you're just more valuable if you can play either side, you know, yeah. it's, no, it's one sure. of the things that, um, you know, I'm definitely not as comfortable on the right. And just looking at the fives, like Eric, also not as comfortable on the right. We can both do it, right? but we're, we're not going to be at our best when we're on that side in terms of confidence level. So um, being able to have, yeah, being able to play both sides is a, is it's an underrated skill in my opinion. And maybe that won't be the case forever in terms of, you know, where I think we've talked about it. You're going to get to more hyper specialization in pickleball where guys are only right side players. Guys are only left side players, that kind of thing. But you always need to play the left in some respect, um, especially in mix if you're a if you're a right handed player. So there's always going to be some level of needing to be able to do both. Gotcha. Uh, I agree. No, I think that that's that's solid stuff. And I think that he can definitely do that. So uh, I wasn't going to put us in here, but I, I, I went ahead and put us in here, Rob. OK, OK. So I have myself at number 17. Well, in, men's, convenient, Adam. in men's <laughs> in, 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 in men's doubles. I just didn't want to. Yeah. So I, I, I probably should have just pulled us out completely. Uh, I'm sure someone's going to have some big issues. They probably have well, me at let 67 me, or something like let that. Let me just let me just make a note on your last uh, number 16. Kyle uh-huh. is at 16. Duper also has Kyle at 16. Oh, looky there. Looky there. So, uh, yeah, we won't say much about me. Uh, 
I think that I have some pretty solid hand speed and some pretty solid footwork. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of thunder in my hands. And what that causes me to do is to take bigger swings and have to time them very well. So, yeah. uh, so I, I do think that I do have pretty quality hand speed. Sometimes my timing has to be really perfect. And I think I'm a little susceptible to getting lit up for stretches because some of my counterattacking is not so straight to the ball. It's a little bit more like this. So yeah. why I feel like I don't hardly break down ever. Uh, I don't give a lot of freebies. I do go through stretches of inconsistency was with my timing and that causes me to be a little susceptible to being attacked. So uh, yeah, there we go. Moving on. Number 18, Jay delivers. J-D. Jocelyn. Jocelyn delivers the big Hair Frenchman. Chest. Uh, the hair chest, the flying Frenchman. Uh, I think Jay uses his length well uh, in all assets of the uh, all aspects of the game. Uh, he pokes a lot of those dinks out of the air. He will uh, speed up uh, and has a solid uh, variety of of attacks. Um, so I, I think that that's and it's very hard to get the ball past him as well. Um, even more of an advantage in mix, but also obviously as an advantage and, and men's as well. I do think that he can also have spurts of being attacked and can possibly uh, uh, have some issues with his hand speed, especially when he's trying, trying to do too much in the middle. So when he spreads himself out and really gets aggressive in the middle, I think it's very hard for Jay to cover both forehand and backhand. And so for that reason, I probably have him a little lower than some people would at number 18. Yep. I think, let's see, I had Duper has him at 10. Yeah. And that, I think that's probably some mixed and also, results factored in. A lot of, there. a lot of solid yeah. mixed results there. Yeah. And I have, I have not made my mixed, my men's mixed uh, list yet, but I have no doubt that Jay DeVillier will be much higher than 18 on that list. Yeah, agreed. Uh, number 19, Robert Nunnery. Number 19. We have uh, Robbie, my uh, my uh, podcast co-host here. I think that, Rob, I think that you have a very nice combination of fast and heavy hands. Yeah. Uh, very, very difficult to attack. One of the one of the better holders of the paddle. And what I mean by that, before an attack, holding that that paddle to the last second. And, and being uh, aggressive with those flips who give a lot of people a lot of trouble. I think occasionally you can uh, go to the, go to the well too often. Yeah. have, have some questionable, <laughs> I wouldn't even say questionable shot selection, maybe questionable frequencies on how yeah, often, frequency, uh, frequencies, fre- frequencies definitely on how, how often, um, cause it's how so often, fun. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. I get <laughs> it. And, I, and I think that you are a good example of, not even having a bad soft game, but definitely have being more offensive early and doing a much, much better job of refining your soft game. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, uh, possibly uh, uh, losing some confidence on some third shots and, and some dinks at, on short stretches, but overall the soft yeah. game's gotten, gotten a lot better. And uh, so I'm, I'm slotting you in there at number 19. Lovely. Uh, 20, Mr. Eric Lang at number 20. I think that Eric uh, definitely is uh, more of a force in the men's doubles aspect than the mixed, which 
I guess is a little odd look just looking at him. He's a large human at about six five, I believe. Yeah. Uh, has really solid length, and I think that length maybe he doesn't optimize it in terms of speeding up out of the air. But what that length allows him to do nicely is slide on both sides actually. So on the yeah. right side, he will slide to his right and punch backhands. And on the left side, he will slide to his left and load up on the forehand side. And the fact that he has such a large wingspan doesn't make too much of a gap in the middle because of that wingspan. And so his, him being able to load and counter big, uh, I think is one of his best attributes and why I have him slotted in at number 20. And underrated aspect for Eric is the soft game. He, for such, like we talked about with Andre, for such a large guy uh, with such great length, very soft hands, like mm -hmm. really nice soft game, really nice dinks, doesn't miss a lot. Um, and just one of the guys that doesn't play a ton of tournaments, doesn't play a full schedule. So you don't really get to see what he's made of that often. And, um, but in terms of talent and ability and not playing very often and then coming in and playing, like doesn't usually miss a beat either, which is, which is interesting, right? Cause you see guys that, you know, play a full slate and, you know, they miss a couple of weeks, they come back and it's rusty and right. Eric doesn't play that often, but when he does, he's, he's always in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a older gentleman as well. So, uh, you know, not, not a ton of that, you know, age related upside, but, you know, not, not playing a full slate and just, just being rock solid, uh, consistently mm -hmm. with the results. I think, I think he deserves a spot in the top 25 and, uh, right there at 20 is, is a good spot for him in my opinion. Yep. So 21, I'm going to throw out some love here for old Thor's hammer, Pat Smith. Okay. Ooh, oh yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put him. I'm going to put him in there at 21. <laughs> what you, what you call it? Thor's hammer. Thor's hammer. That's well, that, that's, that, that's what he says when anyone plays with a lot of lead tape on their paddle. So if he like, he like picked up Corinne plays like it almost 10 ounces, which is ridiculously heavy. Prof. And he, Get it. And, Prof. Come yeah. on. And, and so of course, Pat picks up her paddle and he goes, Oh, She's playing with a false hammer here. Is that, is, that, is, that, is that a good accent? Was that good? That very good. Can we do some more of Pat Smith's accents really quick? Oh, yeah. Because we have, we have quite a few Pat Smith uh, accent Robert, stories. Robert, over here. Yeah, there's, I think there was one tournament where I was just like, you know, kind of looking at the clouds as I do. And then I hear Pat Smith's voice. Robert, over here. And he just wanted yes. to talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, then, and then there's yeah. also the, uh, uh, the classic uh, after he beat me. He he gives me a, a bro handshake at the net and says, "Thanks, mate." <laughs> I mean that that made me feel really. And he's such a nice guy. He didn't mean anything by he means it. Means nothing by you, it. Someone beats you. You don't want to give him a bro handshake and then say, "Thanks, mate." I, I'm not sure what he meant by that. Uh, and then, and then I had one. Was, yeah, go, you go. Your turn. Yeah. I was gonna say I had one at uh, I think it was the U.S. Open. It was mixed. I think me and maybe Viv lost to him and Stratman. And uh, after the after the match, we shake hands, similar bro handshake, and then he goes, "I was seeing the ball like a beach ball." <laughs> like, yeah, that's what you want to hear. That's what great. you want to hear. Thanks, Pat. I'm glad it was so easy for you. Yeah, I'm glad it was so easy. I was seeing it like a beach ball. Anyway, uh, Pat, uh, veteran, been around forever, uh, kind of creeping into that uh, upper thirties. So I do think that uh, Pat has had some issues with some injuries throughout his career, some, I believe, hips and definitely knees. So I think Pat gets stuck 
on some of the soft stuff and some of the bending. And that has has been his downfall in a lot of the matches I've played against him. But the bottom line is he has some of the heaviest, more most powerful hands out there. So not just powerful, uh, powerful and heavy, like fast too. Yeah, cool, right, right. So so I would lean them being more heavy than fast, but they're both. Yeah. They're Agreed. they're both. So yeah. uh the way that he can thud that ball and really get hot with the with the flippers and the the poking the ball out of the air and the offensive side of things and taking taking your time away i think that he deserves a spot in the top 25 for for being around so long and uh and definitely just having those four or five minute stretches where you're just like damn pat stop lighting me up uh you you know you 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 might give me some freebies later but this stretch of of shots is was really impressive and and he his offensive game and his power in his hands are, are definitely there i think you and i played uh, so just in respect to Pat, also a great drive, right? He can, he can, oh yeah, yeah. he can rifle some drives. I remember you and I played maybe Delray last year, maybe early in the year, mm-hmm. and um, I remember Pat hit a drive that was going over my head. Of course, yeah. I'm not going to hit it. I'm pretty good at letting balls go, and uh, thing lands like six inches inside the baseline, and I like never forget that moment. It's like how, yeah. yeah. And I think I, I probably looked at you and was like, "Hey, good leave." It was a good like, leave. Yeah, it was, it was head high or higher. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, Pat Smith at twenty-one. Okay, and then I'm, I'm. My last four picks are a little interesting. Uh, I kind of okay. just, just kind of spiced it up a little bit. I think that there was probably ten or fifteen guys maybe even more that you could kind of squeeze in at these last few spots and probably no one would really say anything. Uh, yeah. But I am going to put my number 22 as Travis Rettenmeyer. Okay. So uh, Travis, a little older guy, he has a big time tennis background. Uh, the last couple times I've seen him play, I think that his hands are very good. Uh, fairly short stroke. He was catching everything out in front and he was, he was thudding, thudding those hands and and hitting with a lot of power uh, uh, with those, with that hand speed. And I think his soft game has gotten a little bit better. So this, this could definitely be a reach, but the fact that he hasn't been playing that long, he has a high end uh, sports background. And the last couple of times I've seen him play, I I thought he's had some improvements and in his game. And to be honest with you, he kind of has some swagger about him. There's yeah. he has a little swag about him and some swagger about him where he kind of, you know, likes his game and has some confidence. And, you know, as long as that doesn't tip over to annoying, I, I'm cool yeah. with it. And uh, usually or often players like that have a little chip on their shoulder and, and that carries over to inside the lines. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to confidence goes a long way. Yeah. So I'm going like, to take him at number 22, even though I feel like a lot of players might think that's a big reach. Duper has him at 28, and I don't think it's that big of a reach. There you go. Uh, so, uh, and then also at number 23, I'm going to have a possible reach here as well. And the reason why I'm going to do that is because I have uh, talked about it with your game, how uh, it was never an issue for you, but you probably were lacking a little bit in that soft stuff earlier in your career. And I have seen, issue for me. Yeah, I, and, 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 I, and, I, and I've seen a lot of players – with some really good tools, be able to clean up their soft game and get way more consistent at it. And it doesn't mm-hmm. always go that way for everyone, yeah. but I think it's a part of your game, especially the dinking. 
that can be cleaned up. And so I'm going to put for my number 23, a high-end offensive upside lacking on the soft stuff, but I have faith that he'll be able to clean it up. And I'm going to put number 23, Julian Arnold. Mm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm not going to argue it. I mean, tons of tools, right? Tons of like, you know, fast hands, good attacks, good drives, moves great. Um, right. Misses maybe a little too offensive sometimes in dinking, going for a little too much, a little too penetrating on some of the dinks, not right. soft enough. Um, but agreed. I think that stuff can be cleaned up. Um, he has good defense. He's not not bad in the midcourt. Right, um, right. So, yeah, I have no issues with that. I think it's, yeah, uh, I think it's a good it, choice. And I think it's re- really solid on the extended exchanges too. What, once the exchange yeah. starts, it's pretty hard to get it away from him, and he's not even that big of a guy. So I think that the the offensive pressure and just the ability to not only clean up some some inconsistencies in the soft game, I think what a lot of people don't realize is when someone isn't terribly comfortable in the soft game, they start making weird trigger pulls. Yeah, 100%. So not only will he clean up some unforced errors, I think his frequencies and the timing of his speed-ups will get better if he is able to clean up uh, that dinking and that soft game up at the kitchen line. So and it, and uh, it makes you, it makes your speed ups way more effective if you get that frequency oh, yeah. right. Oh yeah, if you get if you can balance it out and, and get and get it proper or even close to 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 correct, uh, it, it goes a long ways. So yeah. Julian Arnold at number twenty three, and here's my number twenty four. I, uh, I I'm going out on a, I like it. Um, I'm going out <laughs> on a limb here, big time, and I just want to say this name that almost no one is going to to know, but just to show how much we talk about it all the time. People are good at things. How much talent there is out there, and if some of these people who have lots of life getting in the way didn't have it, that there's some people out there that could jump into this game and be very effective. And my number twenty four hey. player, hey. yes. Don't give the name yet. I want to give some more context around this, this person's game, please. And okay. Then, uh, I, want, I want more buildup for this. Electric. <laughs> so uh, I would say high, high, high end hand speed and countering ability. No weaknesses in the game. Doesn't play very much at all, even though this player has been playing for a few years. Uh, it's few and far between. Has a job that takes away a ton of his time. That's all I got for you. I'm looking. Do you this. know? Robert Nunnery. Who could it be? Oh, the list. The list ain't gonna help you. Okay. Oh, so here it is. Case, number in that case. Number number yeah. twenty four. Drake Bernstein. Oh, baby, Drake made the top twenty five. Agreed. Drake made the top twenty five. Uh, at number twenty four. I know you guys don't know him. He's only had a couple tournaments uh, with decent results in those tournaments, though. But this is a guy who, if he committed himself to men's doubles for three months, I honestly think he could be borderline top ten. Uh, when I, he has. When I know when I know a, fu- a good Drake story. Oh, I'd Drake, love to hear Drake just came. Drake, Drake I met up. I met up with Drake. Um, one of my yeah, one of my close friends. Really appreciate him. He's a good dude. He's the assist. He's the associate women's coach um, at the University of Georgia for the women's tennis team. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of the best dudes I know. He came to MLP Newport, played some practice games with us, and I mean. Dude hasn't played in forever. Doesn't miss a beat. So <laughs> yeah, talented. Right. It's ridiculous. And he was yeah. telling me a story. He was like, um, Staxrud came through. Uh, I don't know if it was Athens or Atlanta. And he was like, why is pickleball so easy? I beat Staxrud like four games straight in singles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like, totally if I had to, he was like, if I had to do that, 
over the course of a whole day because he's not in tip top shape. He yeah. was like, I, you know, I would struggle to play him in the semis or the finals, but like, right. you know, early on that dude's going to beat anybody. He's so talented. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, he does, he does have children. So I, I have a, I have a dad bod, uh, no kids. He, he, definitely <laughs> has kids, but he has a little dad bob. So that, that's what I was talking yeah. about the three months. I, I don't think the touch and the feel, he probably only needs a week or two, but the, the fitness, the fitness. And I, I, I think he could legitimately be a threat to be a top 10 player. And I just yeah. wanted to say a name that no one knows just to let everyone know how talented tennis players are and how talented whatever high-end sport you played, whether it's tennis or not, obviously tennis has an edge in the pickleball landscape, but they're out there and no one should be too comfortable because people are good at things, especially when <laughs> they give you money to be good at things. So so watch out, everyone. Uh, just uh, just wanted to throw that name out there. And my number 25, dun, dun, dun. Slight, slight joke, but not really. Okay. Another example of how cool i think pickleball is because and i think a lot of other sports obviously in the infancy of pickleball it's more likely to happen than you know 20 years 15 years down the line but in some other sports it just couldn't happen my number 25 men's doubles player is anna lee waters <laughs> what do you think rob what do you think <laughs> sure yeah sure so i i think that there is uh several several guys on the you know didn't quite make it list that i would i would i would be more comfortable with in a in a men's doubles format but i just wanted to put this name out there because she is pretty ridiculous if you when you're watching her play she has no weaknesses she's incredibly uh fast she's quick she has great hands and i have no doubt there's a couple people on this list uh heads up a hundred times she might come out on top of so just wanted to to say this this name and just let everyone know that that I think pickleball is great. That that she could even be in the conversation. And I think it's while it, she's probably not number twenty five, she's probably not too far off. Uh, what do you, you think? think? That high? I, uh... Yeah, no. I I mean it's 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 controversial, obviously. Controversial for sure. Uh, but controversial. Like just okay. So go off duper. Her duper is six point one six. The number fifty because I've got the top fifty guys. Ben Newell. Is I think Ben Newell is way too low on the stupor list. He's he's yeah, at fifteen. He's at, Ben Newell's at fifty. Yeah, he's at fifty at six point two zero. Annalie Waters at six point one six. I would probably take Ben Newell over Annalie Waters as a partner if I'm playing a men's tournament. I I, I would too. I would too. So uh, yeah, I'm sure like. Austin Gridley and Brendan Long are like, screw you, Stone. What? <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a lot of guys right now saying, screw yeah, you, of Stone. course, of course. And I, I have a list of, uh, I got a list of just a couple of people that caught my attention. The, the just missed list. Uh, we got Rob Cassidy, veteran of the game. Ed Nlika, yeah. yeah. Ed Nlika, rock solid right side player. Uh, uh, the Utah boys, Austin Gridley and Chuck Taylor have had some had some pretty solid results out there. Uh, Spencer Smith, uh, consistent player. Rafa Hewitt's come on lately, and Brendan Long as well, who I think is a pretty good shot maker out there. Uh, those are those are the ones that caught my eye for the just missed list. Yep, 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 yep. And I mean, there's I'm just looking at the top fifty list. There's a ton of good guys. It's so deep now. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. So, and I and I know there's no doubt that there's you know a snub, or if I would have spent a couple more hours, I'm sure my my list would have tweaked a little bit or might have snuck yeah. in a guy that wasn't in there in there uh so it's it, it, it's deep it's deep for sure 
Yeah, just looking at the list of guys that I don't think you had in it, but are in the top 25 of Duper. Okay. We have Ed Lika at 18. Mm-hmm. We've got Spencer Smith at 21. We've got Altoff Merchant at 22. We've okay. got Warnick at 24. Ooh, and we got yeah. we got Rob Cassidy at 25. And then Pablo Tejas, 26. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big H, 27. Rettenmeyer, 28. Eric Lang, 29. Uh, Barrientos at 30, Sancola, oh, yeah. Chuck Barrientos. Taylor, Jose Fadias. Um, oh, yeah, Joey. I forgot about Joey. Tardio, Gridley, mm-hmm. Brendan, mm-hmm. Stefan, Iggy, the Unicorn, Burroughs, yeah. Delarosa, yeah. Stax Rude, Ryler DeHart, Jeez. Goldberg. Goldberg. I mean, that's quite a few names. That's quite a few I names. I mean, dude, men's so deep. It's it's fantastic. It's great stuff. Yeah, it is. Um Robert, it looks like that's ninety approaching ninety-five minutes. What do you think? Is about it really? That? Yeah. Uh, wow. It felt like it was five minutes. It that did. just means something, Adam. That means you know when we're together, you know our heart beats as one. Yeah. It, it feels right. It felt right. It feels right, and I think it feels right to stop right now. What are we gonna do next week? Which ranking list? Oh, that's it. Women, women's yeah, top let, twenty-five. Yeah, let's do women's in women's doubles top twenty-five. Uh, next week pro or senior pro either yeah yeah no that sounds good and uh, i i'm I have, happy to... I, on the senior pro i've got to talk uh-huh. about this I've okay got this. oh yes okay so let me talk real fast <laughs> yeah go ahead so last last week uh we did a little good cop bad cop i'm always the good cop we yeah. talked about the balance of pro pickleball and senior pro pickleball and i attended the atlanta metro open and i had a couple different conversations with some uh some senior pros uh both genders and they were you know i would say not totally thrilled with a few things that you had to say rob and to be honest with you i don't even really remember exactly what we said i don't know so i'm opening that floor you say whatever you would like to right now um well i want to hear like what what were your conversations what were this what was their feedback uh well a couple people said something along the lines of there are plenty of pros that do it full-time uh where you what, said for that senior pro yeah for senior pro uh senior pros that do that do it full-time whether that's what whatever combination combination of teaching playing and contract that they have sure. um so that and uh, i think that you said if you're a senior pro that you should be more that you're probably more established in life and that you would be taking money away from the pros and they didn't necessarily agree with that. They think okay. that should not be a factor. Um, okay. What else did we talk about? So, yeah, and then it was just you know, so, some of the they were saying that the percentages or some of the the numbers that you or I said or both of us said were inaccurate in terms of a prize pool and stuff like that. Uh, but that that's about it. That's about it. Yeah. You know what would make the percentages accurate? What's that? If they got a hundred percent of the money on the senior pro tour. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they said that that, I believe that there was some feedback about that being reasonable in the, in the near future, uh, separating the two. Yeah. Yeah. I think it makes sense. And I, I have nothing against senior pros. I just would like it to be separate. I'd like them to have their own prize purse. I'd like them to have their own platform. I'd like, you know, if you're turning, if you're tuning into the live stream, I'd like it to be the senior pro live stream. And that's all they show is senior pro. And so anybody that wants to watch that can watch that. 
I just think when you mix the two, it kind of convolutes the product. And I don't think that's super controversial or anything crazy. Um, I want like, yeah, for the senior pros that do it full time, fantastic. I think you should continue doing it full time. I just don't think the tours should be mixed with pro and senior pro. I think the purses should be separate. Senior pros should know exactly what they're getting in terms of it's a, if it's a 35K, 50K, I would like that to be, that's the senior pro purse. If the pro tournament's 35K, 50K, it'd be nice if that was all going to the pro purse and to the pro to the pro events. So that's, that's my only point, um, really. But I got a couple interesting mess- messages, one from Witskin, he Which I think he yesterday. called you too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the first sentence of the message is, Hey Rob, we've had a good relationship up to this point. <laughs> I'm assuming we now have a bad relationship yeah. because yes. this, this is the point we're at. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, he asked the chat. I was like, happy to chat anytime. Um, didn't think my take was that controversial. I just want you guys to have your own standalone platform or you have your own live streaming and your own prize purse. I think, you know, why, w- why wouldn't that be the case? And then um, the, the the fun one though is Dane Gingrich. Oh, he, the, he the sent 1% me a very one percent mindset. Seemed pretty frazzled by my uh, comments on the podcast. Oh. So one percent mindset sent me a <laughs> meme slash gif that says, "That's one of your problems. You're ignorant, woefully oh. ignorant." Oh, ignorant. So. Dane Gingrich. I've never had a problem with him either. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, probably clearly the best senior pro men, men man, and um, can compete with on, on the reg, in the regular pro events. So um, yeah, I just found it interesting that I'm getting, then I sent him a question mark back, which he saw like pretty, pretty immediately and then never responded. So I just let's like see, the. Let's see if we can't get a response. Come on, Dane, get, send send yeah, Ron a message. Let's <laughs> chat about it. Uh, but yes, okay, all right. No, I'm I'm glad we chatted a little bit about that. But yes, no, you you yeah. told me too. I I've never been a part of any form of podcast or anything like that. And you you said people like to comment to us about what we talk about often. And uh, I've seen it. Oh, yeah. I've read a couple messages. I think we said something slightly bad about Ohio and somebody didn't like that. I, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember what we said. So it's, uh, it, it, it is a little interesting. Uh, I gotta, I gotta bite my tongue, watch what I say, or I'm going to get scolded for it. Hey, if everybody, if everybody agrees with everything you say, you're not doing a good podcast. Oh, there you go. You got, you got to break out those controversial topics. And we have pushed past the 100 minute mark. I can't take it any longer, Robert. <laughs> We will see you next week. Goodbye. It feels right. Feels right. Because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary. Yeah.